What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the show. We haven't put out a show in a few weeks now. Um, with school starting back virtually, we both kind of had our hands full at home. This is the busiest summer that I've ever had as a realtor. Uh, Justin's business took off during this pandemic as well. We've both been doing the show now for about two and a half years, averaging about a show a week. This is number 167, and that's a lot of work. Um, we both needed a little break. So We do have a few episodes pre-recorded in the hopper, and I'm going to be putting those out over the next couple weeks. If you know somebody that would be a fun interview, uh, send me a message or give me a call, and we'd love to chat. My name is Matt Weber. I'm a residential real estate agent with eXp Realty. After four years as a realtor, I'm finally hitting my stride after finding the right brokerage. With eXp, I'm an owner in the company, and the stock that I earn with each sale has been fun to watch. eXp World Holdings was uh, featured on Mad Money with Jim Cramer on CNBC a few weeks ago. After the stock has gained over 350% over the last six months, agents are flooding over to eXp throughout this pandemic, and I'm so happy I made the move from Keller Williams when the world changed six months ago. One of the best decisions I've ever made. My co-host is Justin Dyke, founder of PoolDues.com, a back-end billing software for your neighborhood swim and tennis. Over the last couple years, Justin has built this amazing platform to help out swim clubs. Um, started with billing, tennis reservations, clubhouse rentals. Over the last six months, his business has really taken off, though. Um, when the pandemic hit before summer, pool reservations were quickly needed for distancing, and his software was perfect for that. You can reserve your pod at the pool, and your family has its own space to itself. After you added cashless concessions and fundraising options, pools were begging for his services. He works with some local pools, Georgetown, Huntley Hills, Gainsborough, Blackridge Forest, uh, Dunway North, Hampton Hall, and many pools across the country. Justin's a really smart guy who has started his business to help out his own little swim club at Georgetown to make the volunteer board spots uh, just a little easier to bear, and he's quickly built quite a business out of it. We have two sponsors of the show. The first is our favorite local orthodontist, Dr. Brett Friedman with Village Orthodontics. Located in the village, obviously, Dr. Brett's patients just rave about him. He's worked with so many of my friends and their kids. My wife and I are his patients. Our boys will be there next over the next couple years. Um, but he's our sponsor, and you kind of expect me to say that. So go out, check his reviews on Google for yourself. He's got 74 reviews, all five-star. Not one complaint, not one four-star review in the whole bunch. Um, when you need braces, Village Orthodontics is the only choice. Our second sponsor is Porter Brew & Q Brewery. Dunwoody's only brewery takes pride in our city. It's all about Dunwoody for them. Um, they've committed to giving back, working with several Dunwoody schools and sports programs. Before the pandemic, they hosted a fundraiser for the Dunwoody Police Department, where all of the money raised went straight to the Police Foundation. Justin and I got to bartend for a couple hours. We were absolutely terrible at it, and I'm glad the actual bartenders were there to step in and save us. But the point is that Porter truly cares about our community, and that's exactly what you want from a small business around here. So go by, see Alan, or Wynn, or Greg, and tell them that you heard about them on a crappy podcast. All right, that's enough probably about us and our sponsors. Let's segue into Art and Dunwoody. You might think there's not much, right? That's kind of what I thought, too. But over the last few years of doing the show, I've come to realize that some of the coolest things about Dunwoody come from the art around here. Obviously, the first thing that we think about is that special black and white sign, everything will be okay. That was a worldwide phenomenon just a few months ago. The painted picnic tables all over town have been a huge hit lately. And as we talk about in the show a little bit later, um, that kind of started out as a functional thing. It was to add outdoor seatings at restaurants. The designs were an afterthought, and that's what people have been talking about. This conversation is kind of a teaser for the special presentation at this Monday's council meeting on September 14th. So make sure you check that out. The city has brought in a consultant named Todd Bressy to guide them through the whole process. And I think he's really on the right track. If you enjoyed this 
episode, uh, go back and listen to episode 154 with TED Talk speaker Peter Kageyama. It's one of my favorites that we've done, and it's all about placemaking and the arts. Um, kind of putting on for your city. This recording is on Zoom because they won't allow us in City Hall anymore, so the sound isn't perfect with this one, but um, there's also five of us on the recording. You know how Zoom is lately. You've probably all been around it. But here's Todd Bressy and two of Dunwoody's finest, Director of Economic Development, Michael Starling, and Business Retention Manager, Rosemary Watts. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Hi, we're here with Rosemary Watts, uh, Todd Bracey, and Michael Starling. Todd, did I get your name right? Todd Bracey. Bracey. Yes. All right. It's close. close You've enough. done worse. <laughs> Way worse. <laughs> so what do you guys want to talk about today? We're, we're here to talk about public art, um, something that we've talked about a few times over the past year, year and a half or so, but uh, we're getting to the point, um, we've been working with Todd for, oh, what, seven months now, six or seven months on a public art implementation plan. And um, we're coming to sort of the final stages. We're going to be t- bringing it to council later this month um, for approval. So we, we, we thought it was nice to stop by and, and talk to you about it. And um, because of coronavirus, we have not had the usual uh, stakeholder meetings. You know, we would have been at Lemonade Days. We would have been at the art festival talking to people and we just don't have those options anymore. So, um, we're your last option. <laughs> I would not say that. And that's no. not what I was going to say. Uh, you are our best option to sort of get people thinking about public art again, um, put it on their radar. And, um, we're going to be doing some stakeholder meetings over the next couple of weeks and again, the council meeting, but we, we thought you'd be a good option to uh, get Todd to talk about what we've been doing and, and sort of give people a preview of what they're going to hear later on this month. But, but wait, art is supposed to be shocking. Shouldn't we just be hitting them with the surprise attack? You know, why do we need any public input on art? Maybe that's a question for Todd. Yeah, Todd, you, you, you run with that. Dunwoody. We can't be shocking people in Dunwoody. <laughs> Black and white. Well, everybody, everybody seems shocked that there's something going on in that corner by the Dunkin' Donuts and the BP, so. <laughs> yeah, we could do a whole show about that, right? But yeah, yeah. We might have to wrap up with that one. There's no art on that side, I guarantee you. Well, right now, it kind of looks like there is, but it's just steel beams. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't stay that way. <laughs> well, you know, um, we, we did a community survey of what people would like to see in, in Dunwoody, and believe it or not, shocking did not come up a lot, I, I have to say. But, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a believer that um, when a city gets involved with with public art, it, it really should try and take the pulse of the community and do things that 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 seem like will, will help the community move forward. Um, and I, I think that's been clear in Dunwoody uh, since you did your um, uh, Create Dunwoody uh, cultural plan, that the, the city's real goals are to um, to build on its, its kind of track record over the last decade of simply providing basic services and now think about what creates a great community. Um, and um, um, how can it uh, build connectivity among different groups in the in the in the in the community? Physical con- connectivity, social, cultural connectivity. Uh, how can it create uh, places that are beyond places like Brook, Brook Run Park right now that are real genuine gathering places? Um, how can it? Uh, how can art help the city uh, advance its uh, its goals for um, um, community 
community and economic development. So instead of shocking, I think the word has come a lot of surpri is surprising. People would like to see things that they don't ordinarily see. People would like to every once in a while come across something uh, that they didn't expect. And I think that's what they're hoping for uh, from, from, this, uh, from this effort. So I, I wouldn't use shocking, I'd use surprising. I think that people want to see that because uh, they want to see what's going on in the creative minds of people in Dunwoody. Uh, and they want, uh, they enjoy being out in the city despite everything that's going on right now. I think people really love being out and getting around Dunwoody and they want more reasons to do it. They want to be able to get out and find things and, and find things that are unexpected. So. Shocking is not the right word, but definitely surprising and definitely reflective of um, what, what creative energy can be found in the city. And so the reason for doing this and why this has to be done is, uh, as, as Michael always reminds me, the city's main goal here is to create some ground rules and then get out of the way um, and let the, uh, you know, the creative energies keep, keep, keep moving forward. Um, and by, by ground rules, uh, uh, I mean it's, you know, the, the city has to answer a couple of basic questions, which is, um, you know, what does public art mean for Dunwoody? Um, what areas of the city are appropriate? Um, maybe one thing to have something surprising uh, in a park and another if it appears in your front yard one day. So, you know, where's, where's an appropriate uh, places uh, for public art? What kinds of, um, you know, what, what, what kinds of projects might be done? And so this, this implementation plan will begin to kind of um, map out that kind of framework. And the hope is that over time, it will create a way for whether it's artists or whether it's community organizations uh, or um, organizations like the PCIDS to, to go ahead and start bringing art to, this, to, the, to the streets and public spaces of the city. So what so have you heard, Michael? What, what is art to people? Like what are the, what are the constraints that are gonna be brought up on Monday? Um, I say, as Todd was mentioning, um, people are very interested. I, I think we were uh, surprised. We, we did a, as Todd mentioned, a survey and we were surprised to, to hear that, that people were very engaged. They wanted art. Um, they wanted art to reflect though, Dunwoody's very unique, um, sort of some themes of who Dunwoody is, you know, we're, we're people felt like, um, we're a very unique community. And they wanted art here to reflect that. Um, they were pretty much wide open about the types of things they wanted to see, um, from sculptures, murals, to other things. Uh, Todd could probably explain a little bit better the exact sort of art um, that, that, that the survey called for, um, but it's pretty broad. And we were thrilled with the, with the feedback. Um, I think we got 400 almost 500 um, responses from that survey, which is quite a lot on something like public art. I wouldn't, I'm not thinking it so much as uh, kind of barriers. I'm thinking it more in terms of kind of um, identifying the kinds of things that the city would like to see. And I think it's important, you know, when you start talking about this to make a distinction between things that are permanent and things that are temporary. That's a big, a big distinction because you have a lot more flexibility when things are temporary, they're only up for a couple months or a weekend or, or whatever. Um, so I think that, you know, one of the things you'll see when this comes to council and when it's posted is the first, one of the first things that the implementation plan talks about is what areas of the city are 
the best opportunities for, for public art. And not surprisingly, those, those are the, the kind of mixed use commercial areas, um, shopping areas that people are used to going to and you know, taking care of their chores and seeing their neighbors, um, the, the, the institutional area where the college and the JCC are. Um, those are some of the key key areas that, that the implementation plan says to focus on. Not so much residential areas because people don't view those as being public parts of the city in the way these other these other areas are. And so for each of those areas, we also list what kinds of projects might be priorities. You know, are there opportunities for murals or is this a place for civic sculptures or playful sculptures or things that are integrated uh, into the um, um, into the landscape or into the infrastructure. Um, and again, it's not so much to um, to provide a rule about what you can and can't do. It's more about to help people see uh, what the city is looking for, what the community is looking for. So if you talk to a, um, a developer, for example, and say, you know, we'd love for you to include public art in your project. And most developers will, will take that call and talk to you about it, at least to find out what you're thinking. And one of the questions they'll always ask is, well, what's the community looking for? Because a developer, if they're gonna include public art in their property, um, you know, they're not really gonna go for the shock value. They're gonna, they're gonna look for something that, that is gonna make the community feel good about them being there, right? And so what the implementation plan says, well, you know, in certain areas of the city, if you wanna include art, here's what you should think about. Think about creating a, a beautiful streetscape or a beautiful plaza or sitting area and include art in that, in that sitting area or turn your bike racks into art or your planters into art or, or things like that. So it really helps answer questions uh, that, that people commonly, uh, commonly ask uh, about, about public art. So well, shock, like values, shock value is not big in Dunwoody? Well, you know, I mentioned there's temporary too. And I think one of the unique ideas in this, in this particular implementation plan is an idea called, uh, you'll see it described as a creative activation fund, which is small uh, mini grants for just about any kind of project that could be done. And I think there's a lot more flexibility there with a project like that because they're meant, again, meant to be only up for a short period of time um, they come and go, and so they can be a little more of the moment, um, a little more about what an artist would like to express. So I, I, think, I think you might see, um, again, things are a lot more surprising uh, that come from, um, from, that, from that direction. Yeah, and I think you have to let these things out there and then see what resonates. And like the everything is okay sign, that was uh, temporary, right? The original artist. Yep. And now look what's happened with it, right? <laughs> Yeah, and then that's a good problem to have in a way, is a piece that's so well-loved, then you have to figure out how to keep it. Yeah, and uh, Rosemary, I think this had a lot to do with you. I don't know who to give credit to, so I'm going to give it to you. But the, all the picnic tables around, that's kind of hey. turned into uh, something that's, you know, kind of artsy that's spread around. I guess it was more for getting outside and helping these restaurants, but it's kind of turned into an artistic thing. Yeah, it has. And we've had so much response from that. Just everyone wants to, I have a list of organizations that still would like to paint a table and we're, we've pretty much run out of table, all the tables that we've gotten have been assigned. And I mean, it's been huge. People love sitting on them and it's, it so goes with what uh, we found out about the city that we want to be a community that's kind of connected, right? So this, these tables kind of help people get connected and then 
you see people out and then you want to be out there with them. So it's really done so many different things, you know, not just helping out restaurants, but really like showing that we, you know, we have organizations and we have artists that can do all these great things. And so it's, you know, it's sort of a kind of with a creative activation fund, like we could have little projects like this if we had a fund like that, that just kept funding different, you know, different kind of projects. Let's let's turn the fire hydrants into things. Remember, for a while, the, there was one on uh, I think it was Chambly Dunway that was a minion. Yeah, set up like a minion. Remember that? Yeah, I don't know who did that, but they popped up all over the place. Oh, they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were some over in perimeter that just sort of I don't know. I mean, John Hennigan posted a few on his on his blog, and um, I'm not sure if that's the the kind of thing we're looking for, but I, I think the picnic tables were the perfect example of. You know, if if in a year somebody would have brought that idea, the Creative Activation Fund would have been the perfect place to implement that. And the city necessarily wouldn't have been the, the group behind it. It could have been a nonprofit or it could have been Create Dunwoody or another group doing it themselves. So there's probably, you know, there's there's many ideas out there that we don't even know about that could that could pop up. We should probably talk to the firefighters before we do anything else to the fire hydrants. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rosemary, when you get a uh, an extra table, Justin would love to paint that thing for you. Okay. Will, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I guess I missed the memo when that was all happening. That I would love to paint a table. It'd be neat. Who who likes polka dots? <laughs> there you go. Great pattern for a table. <laughs> Especially just. Hey, you don't have to be an artist to paint these tables, so you know. <laughs> I can draw though, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, is is there uh, is there anything in the creative uh, fund right now that's uh, or anything on the horizon that we can that you can tease us about? No, I'm, no, we're still waiting. We're still waiting to um, to uh, get this past past council. So then then that that might have, you know we had we had hoped uh, had this uh, uh, coronavirus not hit to actually do a, a kind of creative project. Mm. With, during the planning process. Hired an artist who was gonna to come uh, to Dunwoody Village during the uh, art festival and do um, do the painting of what a village square might look like if one was ever built there, like a community source painting of a new building space, right? Uh, and then we were gonna lead walks from that space out throughout Dunwoody Village and kind of mark trails of how people might, might walk around uh, Dunwoody Village. So, you know, if we can ever actually come and physically do something, that could be an interesting uh, project right out of the gates too. And uh, well, it's not a creative activation, but I know the PCIDS is circulating a, um, a call for muralists to do mural at the uh, Marta Garage. So that, that might be a really quick, quick action uh, that you might see. I mean, they were hoping to have that painted this year. I thought it was ambitious, but they're hoping to have it painted this year. So that might be uh, in fact, if you know any muralists out there, anyone anyone who hears this, uh, call up the PCIDS. Still, might be a chance to get your application in to be considered for that project. But yeah, I think as soon as we can get this through council, and as soon as we can do stuff in public space, I think I think you'll see that the, you know you'll start seeing stuff happen. Uh, I like I love the idea of the uh, of putting a concept piece out there so that people can kind of like if they're actually walking around the village and seeing what the village could be, yeah. it's like in, uh, in Disney world, there was that whole, you know, 
the the land of tomorrow or whatever, you know, and it never really came about the way that they wanted it to, but you got to see it, you know? Right. Right. In this case, you can actually create it, right? You could, if we were going to do it during the arts festival, the, the artists made these stamps, we were doing chalk art, all kinds of things people do to draw their own public space, like take over some parking spaces and turn them into something else. It's actually really hands-on and people get a sense of, wow, we can do this, you know? And I think that's, that's part of the spirit of Dunwoody, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting about Dunwoody is there's this sort of spirit of people coming together at important times and, and doing things like creating the city or creating the historic preservation organization or cleaning up after the tornado. You know, I think from time to time people in Dunwoody like to come together and do stuff uh, to prove, you know, how they can improve the city. And so I thought that was another neat twist to this project. So. Yeah, but as, a, uh, as an art consultant, coming in, like you do this all over the country. Like when you started with Dunwoody, were you like, oh, this is kind of a blank slate. <laughs> what, what, well, what, what's your view of Dunwoody? Well, I have to confess, um, because of travel restrictions, I haven't gotten as good a view as, uh, as I thought, um, as I'd hoped to get. Um, one thing I've learned wherever I go um, is there's, the, the minute you start actually looking around for creative people and creative things happening, there's more than you expect. Um, that's true where I live. Uh, it's, it's true in other cities where I've worked. There's, there's just, there's more interesting people out there than first meets the eye. And so I feel like I haven't been in Dunwoody enough to get a really good, good sense of that, but I suspect there's a lot more creative energy in the city than you might see at the outset. And so my hope was by doing this creative activations fund, dangle a little money and all of a sudden people start turning out with ideas. That's the whole idea, right? Just a little cash in the pocket and people will come up with all kinds of interesting things to do. And so my, my hunch is that will work in Dunwoody. I think, I think there's enough folks around who, who could come up with some cool stuff to do. So I think, I think that, that, uh, that that was a little experiment we hoped to do to, to see what we could, we could turn out. I say we just give Justin free reign. <laughs> hundred bucks, I'll do whatever. Okay. <laughs> Have money. Bucks, that's it, huh? Yeah, that's it. That's all I need. That's like 2,000 uh, bumper stickers. We got it. <laughs> we do have a lot of organizations that are like, we have the Dunwoody Fine Arts Association, the Sproul Center, and then the JCC. There's all, there are all these artists. But then when Todd came, he's, he's actually inventorying the artwork, the public artwork that we have, which some of it isn't really public. It's on commercial properties, so really the the builders or whoever you know they actually are the ones that put those installations out. And really, we didn't have a whole lot. We didn't have a huge list like a lot of the our surrounding cities have. You know, like so you go to Sandy Springs, they have the the city walk. They have a whole group of you can walk through and see all their outdoor sculptures. We don't really have a whole lot, so this is going to be huge if we can get this plant there and have a process by which we can get public art out there. They also have a lot more money than us, right, Michael? Well, they certainly have designated money specifically for public art. And one of the things is you will re remember from last summer, um, going back to the black and white uh, art comment uh, that you mentioned, you know, what we realized when, when um, that idea came up is that we didn't have the, the basic policies, procedures, the rules in place for the city to actually do projects like that. 
Um, so, you know, when we put pause on that project and we looked around at the other communities like Sandy Springs and Swanee and Duluth, communities that we look to emulate um, for public art, we, we found that every one of them had gone through sort of the same um, iteration that we did. They, they tried to do public art. They realized they didn't have the policies in place. They did a public art master plan like we're doing with Todd, and that set the sort of the rules in place. But, but more importantly than that, it sort of set the vision for what the community wanted, which was then the guide to the council or the art commission, whoever is in charge ultimately of making those decisions to say, yes, that's the kind of art we want. And so they can approve those, those things. Uh, money is certainly part of the equation though. And there's a fairly big section in the plan on ways that we might be able to increase um, art funding. Uh, and it's not all public funding. Um, you know, no community can do this totally on their own. They have to look to the private sector to, to help out, but that's certainly a big part of the equation. Let's, can we just um, get a bunch of giant D's everywhere, like big D's, and just put them places? Sure. You know, That's you an know, idea. It's a D for Dunwoody, of course. Yeah. Dunwoody swings, Dunwoody benches. Yeah. Do all kinds of. <laughs> and I think I think going back to that idea of the creative activation grant, that those are some of the things that we want the community to bring to us, right? To say that th th we think this is a great idea. We want D's everywhere. All right. If if we have some money for somebody to do that, um, they can put that in, in into place. Just Thanks. a scan, can of spray paint, right? No, I meant like big giant. Like, yeah, like like sculptures. Like Katie yeah. had talked about. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I really like is uh, we went over to Peachtree Corners and that bridge that they built is just incredible. I mean, that's, it's like the gateway into Peachtree Corners. It's mm -hmm. really neat probably very expensive as well but <laughs> yeah it, it, i think it was expensive but there's also I, I haven't seen the completed version of it yeah but one of the issues that, that todd mentions in in the plan is that when we do public works projects like that to think way in advance is there an art component to those projects right you know should we be thinking about that way in advance and almost you have to create a culture of art like I think the picnic tables is, a, is an example. You know, we did that to help restaurants solve an issue, which was more outdoor seating. Um, it was really meant to prime the pump. There, there was not going to be public art on it until we were doing this project. And there are some other projects out there in the community um, and other communities that are, that are doing something similar. We thought, yeah, that's perfect. Let's put art on the tables and out of the woodwork, all of these artists who have a desire to to do art um, so those are the kinds of things that will happen we think over time um, from the community right bottom up not top down we as a city we don't really want to say okay this is the art that you're going to do let the community bring ideas forward and let's see how we can fund them yeah you know things are just going to trend like for example if i went out there and i spray painted my utility pole like rainbow colors or something like that there's going to be somebody else that's like oh i didn't realize i could do that like let me go do it myself right and like who's going to care if i were to do that you know the law i don't know i'm sure somebody the law. Will. <laughs> <laughs> the law. <laughs> uh, who's you that you think there's a law in the books that says you can't you can't paint your utility pole <laughs> 
But let's wait till we get this plan approved before we make that decision. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, there may be an asterisk in the plan somewhere. The yeah. Justin Dyke painting <laughs> utility poles. TikTok, it's getting approved tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to get that, get this out this week. And um, you guys are going to vote on, or the council is going to vote it on Monday. Is that right? Well, no, mon this Monday, the 14th, we're, do we're, we're having a discussion item. So it's just going to be a, a presentation from Todd um, about the plan, sort of updating it. Uh, we plan to bring at the second meeting in September, which I think is the 29th. I think it's on a Tuesday. It is the 29th. And that will be the final plan approval. But it doesn't end there because right after that, then we have to actually pass an ordinance that, that actually sort of legally puts into place the approval process for the city. So what's the call to action here? If you want to see art around done, what do you need to get in touch with the city council members? Get in touch with the city Bottom. council members. Watch, watch the, the video from Monday night's meeting to hear about the plan. We are going to have some stakeholder meetings um, over the next couple of weeks to once the plan is out there, which, which will be this week, the actual plan will be published. Um, read it, get involved, let people, yeah, let the council members know your feelings one way or another on public art, but just sort of pay attention to what's happening at the council meetings because you're going to see the plan. Um, which, and, and to be quite honest, I, I, obviously I've seen sort of the, the, the draft of it. It looks fantastic visually. It, it's a wonderful document and it shows a lot of the art that we have here in Dunwoody, but also things from all over the country. They sort of, I think hopefully will spur people's, you know, um, ideas about what can be done here. We also have um, a, on the City of Dunwoody website, there is a project page for public art implementation. So they can actually go there and provide feedback. We have a form there and just tell us what they think about it. We'll log all that. Just what you want, some last minute feedback on this, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. We want all the feedback we can get. Todd, have you ever heard of Peter Kageyama? Yes, I have. I, in yeah, fact, we did. We had him on the show um, a couple months ago. Yeah, and um, go back he, and listen to that podcast. It was a lot of a lot of the same talk. Yeah, he um, he came right before I did, and I bought two of his books and read them because uh, yeah. I know you guys are really turned on by what he said. And 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 his idea of you know you gotta love the city and you gotta give change agents the ability you know to make change. I mean that was one of the inspirations for the Creative Activations Fund was you know reading peter's books and and seeing like yeah if this turned people and done what he on then they're ready for this and so yeah absolutely i will listen to the podcast but i've already read read his books yeah That's well his his analogy of a, a spicy pepper justin's <laughs> that spicy pepper and done what he i might be i thought i thought todd was gonna pull off a mask just now and just say have i heard of him i am him <laughs> <laughs> that <is> shocking <laughs> that's right it's hard to believe that, that uh, Peter was here in March, right before coronavirus. I remember at that meeting that morning, we were just beginning to, you know, no one was shaking hands. You were doing the fist bump or the, um, and Todd came, I think the next week. Yeah. yeah. Um, Todd came to Dunwoody, thank goodness, on March 9th and left on the 12th and the 13th. Yeah. I went home and didn't, you know, come back to the office for three months, so. That feels like a lifetime ago, but there, I, I think that, and obviously Discover Dunwoody brought Peter in 
to help sort of push these ideas out there. Um, but there is a building momentum, I think, in the community for this kind of, of thing, um, whether it's big sculptures or just, you know, picnic tables that are easy or other things, big D's all over, all over the city. I mean, who knows what people are going to come up with, but there's certainly a, a, an appetite for, for new things. I think, I think the ask is to have people tell council members they, they should move this along. They should move this forward and, you know, we, we all understand the strains the city is under, any city right now, but there's a creative way just to get a little bit of money. Um, that'll go a long way. My, my theory is if you ask someone like to donate money, they'll ask, what's the city doing? What's the city doing about this, right? And so you say, well, the city just passed this plan. This, you know, it's got all this in place now. And if the city annies up a little bit of money, it makes it a lot easier for others to say, oh yeah, I'll come in on the tail end of that and help. And it doesn't, some of these things we're talking about don't take a lot of money, you know, not in the scheme of things, not very much at all. And so the more you can just, you know, take steps, you know, get this implementation plan in place, find a little bit of really loose change in a way, um, that can keep things moving until times turn around and we can look at more ambitious projects. And there's other things like, you know, you mentioned the, the bridge in Peachtree Corners. Well, you know, GDOT is already talking about you know, replacing some of the bridges over I-285 as part of their big project. No matter what- Perfect timing. Yeah, that, you know, it may be five, 10 years away till they build those bridges, but the decisions about those bridges are being made now. They really are. You know, those engineers are somewhere sitting away, drawing those drawings and putting those bid documents together. So if you'd like to see something fantastic on those bridges, really this is the time to move. So. So even, even though we might be kind of in uncharted territory at this moment, it's important to keep moving these things forward so that when other things start happening, that we're ready, ready to move along. So I'd, I'd say that the ask is to ask council to approve this and, and just keep things rolling so we can keep taking steps forward. All right, that's probably a good stopping point. You guys got anything else, Michael? Nope, I think that's it for me. Cool. Well, cool. thanks for making time for us, guys. Thanks, y'all. Take care. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.